0: What's up, everybody, and welcome to In The Band Podcast. This is Episode 9, and I am your host, Zachary Stevenson. I'm here with the co-host, Gage Thompson. What's up, everybody? I hope this is finding you well. And today will be a very interesting episode. We're here with NKF Herping, also known as Noah Fields, also known as (laughs) NKF Herping. My bad. Great way to screw that one up. his father, Dave Fields. How are y'all guys doing today? What's up, y'all? Good, good, good. How are you? Thanks for having us. Doing great, and thank y'all for coming again, and for the viewers that don't know, this is <laughs> we our had a little second mishap. test recording, so praise to Noah for being an understanding guy and coming out to actually do a second recording. You're such a good dude, and we appreciate you for that.
1: Yeah, we do. We thank you a lot, because I was sitting there editing your episode, <laughs> right, and I was listening to it back, and I'm like, oh, my Lord what happened oh my god you know how like you have that little mini freak out when some of your footage doesn't go the right way yeah
2: it's all too familiar oh Uh, yeah and we enjoyed talking to y'all last time so no no issue at all hopefully we be here again again. well we're ready (laughs) for round two
0: already let's go all right well for the
2: start this thing off for the first question how long noah have you been herping as long as i can remember i've been uh just playing around in the yard looking for snakes is as long as I can remember. Um, some of my earliest memories, like if I sit here and think, as long as I can remember back, it's memories of my dad bringing snakes home for me to see and, and finding snakes in the garden and showing me and stuff like that. So, oh, heck yeah. So, you learned a lot from your dad. Yep. And, and yeah, I guess there's another level of that question. How long have I been doing it in a serious manner? I'd yeah. say probably since I was in high school. In high I've school. I've actually been you know, going on seriously trips. pursuing it. Yeah. Not just kind of. And I guess when would you say the first like trip we took was like, uh,
3: I know I took you to South Georgia several times, you know, Yeah. where my old snake hunting grounds. Yeah.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: yeah. I know I took you there several times. I've I have got like pictures.
2: 12, something like yeah. that. Probably.
3: We've got pictures of you down there on the dirt road, sand roads, you know, with timber rattlesnake. Maybe a king snake, a couple yeah. of snakes, and uh. <laughs> so yeah, I remember. It's been a quite a long time, but I mean, I'd always had stuff out in the yard for you to flip too. Yeah, you know, oh, yeah. rocks, boards, the, the, big the, sheets of tin. The
2: tin that you see in my YouTube videos—some of that is stuff that's been out that he put out there. Oh, that's and, like and it's been there as long tin. as yeah, it's yeah. been there for probably. <laughs> oh wow, it's twenty years a stretch.
3: Yeah. But say- I mean, that's
1: really awesome that your father instilled that kind of knowledge and passion into you. Most parents, for example, would look at a snake,
2: oh, my God, kill it, yeah, kill exactly. it. Exactly. And that it, it was the opposite for me. <laughs> no, that's so
1: good, though, because we need more people like that. I agree. So many people, you know, see a king snake in their backyard and go to chop its head off when they don't even know it's eating very dangerous <laughs> Animals, animals, yeah, Yeah. they could be in their garden while they're picking their basil or something. (laughs) (laughs) And before
0: we all get too far into uh, talking about snakes and stuff like that, for the people that don't know exactly what herping is, can you tell us what or describe to us what herping is and everything like that? Or
2: so things around field herping is basically the uh, the reptile and amphibian equivalent of hunting or birding or fishing. Um, it comes with a slightly different set of, you know, ethics, just mm-hmm. like any other sort of subclass of outdoor activity. Um, for example, most of the time we just take pictures and let what we find go rather than, uh, keeping it for food or, or, a trophy or whatever. But that being said, sometimes people will keep the snakes they find. Um, some people never do it. Some people do it way more often than they should. Yeah. Um, it's just, it's kind of your own personal, personal preference, but. For the most part, when we say field herping, we're we're talking about the act of going into nature to look for reptiles and amphibians just for the purpose of observing them in their natural habitat.
1: Almost like a research kind of purpose. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
2: And it's very is it's very scientific, to be honest, because a lot of times the the connection between recreational field herpers and sciences is is incredibly important because some of these animals are so rare that to study them without the help of thousands of other people keeping their eyes out is almost impossible. Absolutely. And the
3: records, you know, a lot of records are kept on what was found and where. And a lot of county records are made that way. Um, yeah.
2: So a lot of recreational field herpers yeah. are a lot responsible of, for, you know, the current range maps you see for snakes today. They're oh, made yeah. by the ever expanding, you know, knowledge we have of these animals. Oh, yeah. Largely due in part to recreational field herping. Matter of so, fact,
3: the big, what's the big book? The big Georgia book? Uh, reptiles and amphibians of Georgia I believe yeah that was almost most of that input a large amount of that input was done by volunteers going out and field herping and sending all their finds and pictures and info into the state you mean to tell me it's not a bunch of guys in lab coats walking around in the no. woods I doubt yeah. that they would do that anyways. <laughs> no, it's not, but, but yeah, a lot of that's
0: really great. Without, so that, That's awesome to hear that there's a lot of good stuff that comes from herping and stuff like that. Yeah. Yep.
1: Well, without local residents with this kind of passion, we wouldn't barely know anything about local species of slimy and scaly animals. Yeah, we'd all just be scared of it and just try to <laughs> shoot
2: holes in the ground.
1: <laughs> Give my 12-gauge! <laughs>
2: there's a six-inch-long snake in the driveway. <laughs> yeah. <I> know, right?
1: <laughs> Is that a worm?
0: How can um an average Joe, when they look at a snake, kind of identify the signs of whether tell it if it's dangerous or not?
2: So unfortunately, that's a, a very complex issue because ev- for one, snakes are very variable. All snakes are variable. Yeah. Um. So there's never really any guaranteed way to be able to tell what you're looking at without just having that just all built up. Yeah. And, and there's that's no the surefire method. Yeah. There's no. There's no. Tr- there's no i guess hack to be able to yeah. like surefire to see knowledge like, what of you're looking snakes. at it, because any like copperheads a lot of times people will say the best way to identify them is to look for the hershey's kiss pattern on the side yeah. and 99 of the time that holds true yeah. but that one percent of the time could get you bit if you're not familiar with the other aspects mm-hmm. of a copperhead like the body shape and and the eyes and the, the scalation even i got um, you There's just the best way, without a doubt, is to become familiar with the snakes you're likely to encounter in the area you live or the area you're going to be traveling to. Um, There's plenty of great resources online and actual literature field guides are published about basically any state, anywhere you could end up in the United States. Um, And even internationally, there's lots of great guides available. So if you're going to Costa Rica for a family trip or something, um, you could buy one of these books and have a pretty good understanding of what's going to be in that area pretty easily just by thumbing through it and familiarizing yourself with these animals
0: oh yeah so y'all heard them everybody get your knowledge up if you do tend to want to go harping or plan to go do that don't just go out there blindlessly like i might have done if (laughs) i haven't haven't caught with noah
3: before this there's not that many venomous snakes in georgia yeah so in georgia we have six you learn and, those snakes and they're not mistakeable, yeah. really. But
1: still, you want to educate yourself before you take a stroll through the woods and see a snake with the mid-body section the size of a loaf of bread and decide to go <laughs> pick it up.
3: Yeah, but but a snake that size, you know exactly what it's going to be. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Because of yeah, that. If you know you're even I'm slightly saying. familiar with, with rattlesnakes or, yeah. you know. If you've ever
1: seen any nature documentary or been to any local wildlife recreation, you probably know that
2: that's probably a cottonmouth or something. Uh, yeah. If it, Yeah, if it's, if it's that big around, it's... And,
0: even from watching some of your videos and before you like label it out in the video, I can be like, yeah, I know that that one looks dangerous. That one looks venomous. And it's it's a gestalt
2: more than anything. It's not like, Oh, it's because of this. It's just like, you see it and you know, because you've been exposed to it. Absolutely.
1: And I I do believe humans kind of have an innate instinct to be like, Oh, for sure. Wait a second. This, I I probably shouldn't mess with this thing. (laughs) I agree. Then a lot of, you know, a lot of people also have that innate curiosity. You know, uh-huh. curiosity killed the cat. Poke the yeah, bees, yeah. Well, how to kill you? <laughs> yep. <laughs> All right, but for you personally, is there any kind of
0: snake or animal when you look at and you go, "I'm not coming close to that
2: animal." So my my biggest, I guess, my kryptonite is is flying stinging insects. So <laughs> bees, wasps, hornets, anything that is capable of flying faster than I can run. And I do not blame you. At usually in large quantities, rather than just one or two. <laughs> that's yeah. what that's where nature really starts to lose me with with stuff like that. Oh yeah, um, Jeez, that's understandable. But other than that, just any anything I'm unfamiliar with, you know, there's there's got to be a certain amount of caution and respect oh, yeah. if you're going outside in an area where there could be something that you're not used to dealing with. Yeah, definitely, definitely. And
0: I I could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure I heard a um or watched a show about how bees, like killer bees, like people it's a myth that if you go underwater, you're like safe from the bees and they'll fly off, but no, the bees like
1: Swarm there waiting for you to come up. They and know. Then sting you. I've, <laughs> yeah. I've heard that before. I was, if I'm not
2: mistaken, that is true. They will swarm above the water, waiting for you to poke your head back up. It would not surprise me. I don't. I'm not super familiar with like the science of bees, but
3: that's what horseflies do in the swimming pool, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah we all sit there and wait for you. <laughs> 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 we've
1: all had that one instance. We've got a cold drink in hand, and there's just a. Zzzz. <laughs> Well, your videos look so
0: great when you make them. Do you find it some sort of difficult to video while you're out trying to flip or uh, hurt at all?
2: Yeah, it really, it definitely weighs on me a little bit, you know, like if I every once in a while, I'll just have to go out and not record just so that because it is more of an escape than anything for me. Kind of decompresses you from your normal YouTube grind. And the the stress like that, that actually filming is not that big of a deal, but it definitely it definitely is noticeably like my mood is very different when I know I'm recording versus when I know I'm not worrying about it. Like I made the conscious decision. All right, I'm not recording today. Absolutely. I'm always more relaxed, but uh overall it's not it's not that that heavy on my conscience. you know while I'm out I'm yeah. still having a good time definitely definitely yeah when me and Gage we'll, we'll make
0: recordings just to uh have fun and do some tests make sure we don't talk about well. those
1: recordings we yeah. do not no <laughs> yeah, but, absolutely
0: not but those are like comedic gold at times I give it that and they're a lot more fun I would say I would say very trying to keep crude. it straight and narrow yeah <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, but I, I can totally understand that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah.
2: How long have you been making Herpin vlogs? So my my YouTube channel was created in 2011. And uh, there's a lot of, I guess, quote unquote, lost tapes on there of okay. like phases where I kind of started to try to make YouTube videos. But I was, you know, 13 and didn't, yeah. didn't really know what I was doing. So there's some, some of my older videos on there are. I mean, I guess you could call them herping vlogs, but they're yeah. very loose definitions of that. Um, exactly. But you also get to look back on that one day
1: and be like, oh, exactly. man, that that's awesome to go see my, exactly. my first it? attempt. My qu- at yeah, like videos. my uh, air quote, my legacy.
2: Yeah. Almost. Yeah. The yeah. Small
1: stepping stones.
2: So I guess 2011 was when I kind of started dabbling in it a little bit, but I didn't really get serious about it until 2019 um actually january 1st of 2019 was when i filmed my first herping vlog and decided hey i want to try it i want to give this a shot and see if i can apply it to my you know my content and maybe make something of it and uh and here you are now yep. <laughs> it, it worked out fantastically man so. that's awesome i'm so happy it worked out like that for you it's been that, a ride
0: that's amazing is around like 12 or 13 when you started posting these animals on your social media as well as far as your instagram
2: I want to say I was a little bit older than that when I started with Instagram, but uh, I actually started sharing my finds on forums before, even before Instagram and Facebook were really big. Oh,
1: like King Snake and mm-hmm. stuff like exactly.
2: that. Exactly. Uh, I wasn't. I didn't use King Snake. I actually used, uh, for the most part, Field Herp Forum and Herping with Dylan, which Herping with Dylan was one of like the OG YouTube Herp people, um, and he had a forum that was like separate from his content where it was just. A just a for community people to of share exactly to, oh yeah share their experience did you, exactly did you
0: start posting and making the videos just for the fun of it or did you feel like it would be very informative for people
2: it was mostly just for the fun of it to share what i'm finding and and stuff and then it was it was later when i realized you know that i had quite an audience that that i kind of started to be like all right well maybe i can help educate people oh yeah and
0: you definitely do that because I feel a lot smarter about snakes after watching your videos. Education
1: that. is extremely important in this world, the herpetologist world.
2: It's a very unfamiliar yeah, thing for, for a lot of people. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so,
1: exactly. That's what I was trying to get out. It's at. a like, learning curve, I guess. Yeah. Mo- it, most people don't actively seek that kind of thing
2: because yep. most people have an innate fear of those type of animals. Exactly. And if if even the people that don't, if you're not. If you're not watching herping videos or if you're not familiar with the community, I guess it's it's very, very, very strange, I guess, coming from an out the outside. I mean, I never really had to do that because it was always kind of in, ingrained in me, to. But I could completely understand how like someone who doesn't, you know, watch herping videos or doesn't know anything about snakes could see this like what's happening in my videos and just
1: why is he doing this? <laughs>
3: <laughs> he has he has a whole lot of followers that do not like snakes, but they mm-hmm. love watching his videos. I'd say the vast majority of,
2: of my, my YouTube supporters are not snake people. They're just regular yeah, people yeah. who that
1: think That makes it's cool. total <laughs> sense, though. I'm not a spider guy by any means. It's kind of what you just said leads off into a point I have. Yeah. I'm not a spider guy by any means, but there's a YouTuber called Exotic Slayer that houses tons of different tarantulas, and personally, I'm terrified of him, but I absolutely get a kick out of watching him deal with these creatures. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Yeah. yeah I completely understand. Because even when, you know, just anytime I'm browsing the internet, I'll like get a glimpse into one of these weird niche communities. And it's like, ah oh, that's interesting. And then I'll next thing I know, I've been thumbing through the guy's videos on Instagram for an hour and a half.
1: <laughs>
0: Where
2: does the time go? Exactly. Right? Yeah. I was about to say, I, I
0: was definitely not a snake guy before watching your videos and it really has sparked my curiosity to kind of want to see more of the fun side of going out and finding snakes. Cause before I just had the sense of like, Oh, this snake is bad. Just try to stay away from it. Yeah. (laughs) But you definitely shed a light on how cool these snakes can be and the different variants of different species of snakes and stuff like that. And that's really cool to me. And because of your knowledge of reptiles and amphibians, do you ever like watch a movie or show and, and said to yourself, that's not true, or that's that's off the beaten path of what's really going on. For sure,
2: and there's plenty that it, to put it lightly, the portrayal of reptiles and amphibians and popular culture and media has been very skewed. slanderous. To, it, I mean, that's putting it lightly. Yeah. It's been nothing but like a, an embarrassing misrepresentation of what these animals really are uh, for the sake of profit and that still continues to happen to this day. You have people on YouTube and people in the, you know, just in Hollywood that, that villainize these animals for okay. profit and make them look like something they're not because scaring people gets yeah, views. Yeah. Cause naturally people
0: are scared. So if you exploit that, then people, exactly. that's, that's the thing in the beer cells that people yep. don't even know that when you watch something that you're scared of, people may ask like, why are you watching that? And, same thing with the news. Why do people or a whole bunch of people watch the news is because, because they're it makes trying you to figure something. out how to survive. And that's the survival yep. mentality to your brain. So that's the tactic that the media is coming out to scare you guys. So be on the lookout <laughs> for that.
2: <laughs> that's how you know, Zach's making a serious point yeah. looks yeah. over at the camera. Yes. when he
1: talks funny and looks dead <laughs> at you, all wide-eyed. Yeah. Look into my deep blue eyes.
0: Yeah. And that kind of gets on to our next question. How do you feel about snakes being seen as evil or something that
2: should be feared? I think it's just, you know, a lot of, a lot of times it's not malicious. It's just fear, and mm-hmm. people fear what they don't understand. Exactly. The fear I like of the that. unknown. Mm-hmm.
0: I like that quote.
2: People have reptiles and amphibians as house pets. Do you Me. have any pets growing up? Yeah, I've uh, ever since, like I said, ever since I can remember, we've had some sort of snakes in the household and um, other animals. And uh, it's just always been, I've always been surrounded by wildlife and and pets. He's grew up
3: with the gamut, like the whole run. Yeah, I don't
2: remember a lot of it, but uh, a word on the street is. My dad used to have an emu and and goats and all sorts of other. I fun would
1: stuff. have loved to have seen an <laughs> emu on a leash. Horses, hedgehogs.
3: I've like heard that emus are mean. Everything. No, they're not mean. No, I my emu used to follow like the potbelly pig around all the time. Okay. They were like twins. Oh, I do
2: remember the potbelly pig
3: that was like the last man friends. standing when I was yeah. Uh, how how old? How long ago do you? Or I guess I I have a video of your mother pregnant with you. When our two <coughs> excuse me, pit bulls were running around playing with a baby deer in the yard. So yeah. I mean you were born right yeah. during that. We've always had you know the emu was probably we had the emu then too. Yeah. So you when you were born I just don't we had remember the, emu. the emu. I remember yeah, the pig. Sorry.
1: No, you're good.
3: <laughs> well when uh when you were born we had the emu and we had we've had chickens, pigs. You know, goats, the whole nine, emus, tortoises, along with hedgehogs, of and,
2: and things over the years.
3: All kinds oh, of yeah. snakes. You know, the big
0: animal lovers. Oh yeah, that's, that's awesome.
2: awesome. We need I, more there were more like
3: snakes that. in my house than than there has been since.
2: Yeah, okay. I, I don't when, remember that. when the time. kids
3: come along. I didn't have time to clean <laughs> all these cages yeah. and do I'm all this stuff. Say what made you know,
0: I had to yeah. hold back from getting so many of them. Yeah, but yeah, cleaning because I've. Fish tank and stuff like that, and I understand like cleaning
1: can be a hassle every now and then. I tell you what, Zach, if you ever get into the hobby of reptile keeping, you're gonna find out what kind of maintenance it can be. <laughs> Especially like in my case, I love to keep tropical species.
2: Yeah, it's it's a chore, <laughs> and you've yeah. got you've got exoterras and all the nice setups and everything too. You're not just a tub man. <laughs> no, yeah. I
1: don't. I I hate the tubs. I hate them. I can't stand them.
2: Yeah. And I, I, I'm kind of on the same page. Like, I've got right now, I, I'm trying to get everything into Exoterra's, yeah. all of my captive snakes. Um,
1: They're just beautiful. Yeah. To display your animal out like that. Exactly. I mean, the tubs are handy. Sorry, I don't mean to interrupt you. They are convenient, (laughs) especially if you lack the funds for full furnished setups like that.
2: They're easy to clean. Exactly. (laughs) Way easier to clean. And I try to display my animals as almost a furniture piece. Exactly. And that's kind of how I'm trying to get to mm work. Like, I'm trying to keep less snakes, but keep the ones I have better. Exactly. Definitely,
0: definitely. What kind of... um, or what's the kind of cleaning <coughs> regimen you'd have to take to clean the uh, terras or
2: whatever kind of terrarium really good for a snake like so a lot of a lot of my snakes that are in exoterras I have in naturalistic setups with like I'm trying to replicate a natural decomposition environment in there okay. so there's uh, like a bioactive mm-hmm. setup so there's isopods and uh, the spring tail clean up the poop for the most part okay so and other like organisms and stuff. yeah like that? so really the only time i i mess with those cages is if things start to get imbalanced and they yeah. start to stink which never really happens i mean it, it self-regulates pretty well i've got a lot of <laughs> friends that do the same thing and have kind of taught me the ways of of trying to get this self-sustaining setup going so i don't have to clean it as much yeah um, and for
3: all of you that don't know what isopods are what are they uh roly polies <laughs> you that's go. your colloquial that's southern term, southern <laughs> term. Yeah. i was wondering the whole time like
0: what are isopods but yeah i don't think i've ever seen a roly poly since i was it. a kid <laughs> <laughs> honestly go so.
1: flip over any rock anywhere you're probably gonna see isopods yeah. exactly
2: and they're super easy like it's yeah. like you said you can just turn over anything in your yard and you can find them and introduce them to your to your terrariums and so you've been to many places across the U.S. Out of all these places, where would you consider the best place you have gone harping? My personal favorite is right here in the southeast. Um, it's it's just... It's a, it's a different experience completely. Like, everywhere else you go, you have this kind of... It's more wild when you go to other parts of... Like, mm-hmm. if you go to Arizona or something, or New Mexico, there's a lot more public land, and it's a lot more wild. But just something about, like... Digging around old barns in the middle of nowhere in the southeast and finding fistfuls of snakes is just the most fun thing in the world for me. So that's awesome.
0: (laughs) What are um, what's kind of some crazy experiences you'll find in other places that you will go harping for in like other country or not country but other states and stuff, other areas, stuff
2: that that might surprise people out here. Oh yeah, I guess the biggest thing that I can attest to is some of the crazy stuff that happens along the U.S. border. With yeah. Mexico and West Texas. And, oh, yeah, tell us about it <laughs> Well, for one, you have you have this weird law enforcement presence from Border Patrol that you don't you don't get to, you don't have to deal with that anywhere else you're herping in the US. Yeah. So you don't really have like a big brother watching you oh, <laughs> most yeah. of the time. But when you're when you're on the border, you have like you never know when you're being watched through
1: binoculars yeah. or through security yeah. cameras. It kinda gives you that unease mm-hmm. too. And
3: when Noah first went out west, he drove an Astro van. Oh yeah. Oh. So an Astro van on the border. Oh, that didn't <laughs> look very like good. a big target with going an out of state plate.
2: Yeah. So. <laughs> oh, yeah. I got pulled over seven times in one day in oh, West dang. Texas in that van. Oof. What it, was your excuse? I I didn't have any. What was he their told excuse? Yeah. I mean, I, I am here to dig up, uh, reptiles. Yeah. I, and this was, I wasn't even herping when that happened. I was just, oh, really? yeah, I was just driving around, um, you know, living my everyday life basically. Um, but in the converse of that, you have the actual immigration and uh the, uh, the drug smuggling and all that that does yeah. happen. The ugly side of what really happens on the border. Yeah. And uh, I've had plenty of encounters with that, too. I've, you know, I've had immigrants try to jump in my car when I stopped to get out to shine a rock cut. And oh. I've, I found suspicious things in <laughs> miles no, from anywhere no. in the desert. It's just, it's a very, it's a very alien experience for, for anyone who has never lived in
3: that area. You found black duffel bags out in the middle of the desert. Oh, they oh. weren't there the the time before when it was there. Yeah. Yeah. And, oh, yeah. There's always,
2: you know, anytime you're walking on the side of the road out there, you're finding burner phones and. Oh, yeah. suspicious packages it's just oh, yeah. it's a wild wild thing very different from it, the rest of it the sounds US. like a
0: very risky thing to do to try to go out there herping in that kind of area because i mean like you said you never know what's going to happen with yeah. all everything that goes out
2: there and for sure there's definitely some some danger to it because like you said you never know who you're going to run into but for the most part the immigrants don't want anything to do with you I I think the example where I had them trying to get in my car was a mistaken identity. I think they thought I was their coyote or something. Uh, Yeah. And I just, I just, it was completely unlucky to pull off at the wrong place at the wrong time.
3: Oh yeah. Um, what you Like say this is too? the guy,
0: this is the guy, go, go, go. Well, they
3: jumped in his car. There was three yeah. that jumped in the car when he stopped. There were at least four total. Oh, dang. And one of them got
2: completely in the car and you know, we're screaming, no, 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 no. And trying to get them to get out of the car. And it's, just, it's just, they give you a lot of trouble
0: trying to get out well, of the car.
2: The one, one of the ladies wouldn't get out of the car. So the guy who was riding with me pushed her out of the car. Yeah because I I just went to fight or flight because yeah. I didn't know what was happening. It was happening. a panic moment. Yeah, like, what I mean, do you do a, when a bunch of people exactly. hop in your car? And in hindsight, I feel bad for them, but I, I mean, I mean, they tried to get in my car. I, I'm in the middle of the desert in the middle of nowhere, and there are people forcibly entering my car. yeah. So I floored the car. We, The lady, we were able to get her out of the car. We floored the car and just dipped. Yeah, because so. like
0: if Border Patrol came up on y'all at that point, I mean, the scene's already weird.
2: Exactly. It's if they saw that happening, and we, yeah, and yeah. we're actually like just trying to talk to them and and be cordial with them. Oh yeah. There's no. There's no telling. Yeah, how that might, not be, might have interpreted. Yeah. It. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Everybody says they're not <laughs> guilty. Get in the bag. <laughs> yeah, you know. for real. Yeah,
0: it's tell it to the judge for sure. <laughs> that was a, a crazy experience. Do you have any more like crazy experiences that you can
2: share well, with everybody, even here in the southeast? especially here in the southeast in some areas you oh, never yeah. know no. what you're gonna you never know <laughs> what you're gonna encounter yeah. and we've had you know our our fair share of of crazy rednecks fall on us around and and you know you never know what kind of things you're gonna find in these abandoned properties yeah um i've i've seen some really sketchy stuff in old abandoned houses and
3: we have a video of him being attacked by a woman with a wiffle ball bat.
2: Oh my god. In,
3: <laughs> in Peachtree City in the swamp. Yeah.
2: yeah. So well, that, not even in the middle of nowhere like you that's know. That's just, she was Peach she was Street accusing City? him
3: of of hunting deer. How do you honey, wait, and, hunting a deer with a camera? Setting naturalistic yeah. traps in the she woods. She thought we were like <laughs> Setting up like, cave I guess, yeah,
2: cave trap. man, <laughs> like, yeah, caveman traps like a
0: stone popped up on a stick with like some corn or something. <laughs> so you
1: like turn around and talk to your dad, you're like, Oh, okay, okay. Oh. <laughs> she <laughs> was like, I'm not
3: stupid, I know what you're doing out here, evidently not. <laughs> okay,
2: it, I mean, it, that was that is definitely one of the weirdest thing that's ever happened to me that that experience with the lady because she had this really crazy, thick German accent and she was just like. She was screaming at us
3: like she actually swung the bat at him and he caught it. That's when he found out it was a real bat. We thought it was a, a real bat. bat. We didn't yeah. know it.
1: like it was Oh, and your reaction just kicked in and you caught
2: it and yeah. that's when you realized wait a second. And it crumpled in my hand. I was like, "What did he yanked you do with it that? out of her
3: hand? <laughs> You're
1: about to kill
2: me with a wiffle ball, bat? Yeah.
0: <laughs> Give me that thing. <laughs> Get out of here."
2: Yeah, and it's like, you know, this little tiny like skinny lady like and it was me, him, and Greg, who's another, you know, grown man. And she's just out there ready to throw hands with us about something we're not even doing yeah. on I, public property. <laughs> I can imagine that the German
1: accent and her being angry made it a little oh, off-putting. Well,
3: the guy that was with us said, is that a German accent? And she started cussing yeah, she, him she out got, because like, he said that. She flipped on <laughs> it. Oh, she
1: was very offended
0: oh, by yeah. That.
3: Oh,
1: yeah. Wow. That seems... Wild. <laughs>
2: no offense to any uh, German listeners out there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yes, I kinda. feel like most German people are not going to attack me in the swamp. Just to clear the air on that, and it was it was an isolated incident. There, oh, yeah. <laughs> there could be more.
0: Yeah. <laughs> so talking about experiences, is there any other like cool things that you've seen out uh, other than like cool snakes or cool, really cool phenomenon with snakes that you have witnessed?
2: So this cool. is actually a really good time for this because. At the time of our last recording, I, this hadn't even happened yet. But okay. last week, me and uh, Caitlin took a trip up to the North Georgia mountains and rented a cabin and spent the weekend looking for snakes. And uh, first thing in the morning, we got up, you know, like 7 a.m. The sun had just come up and we're driving out to where we're going to look for snakes. And I see this really weird looking dog hanging out in the campsite that we're driving by. It turns out it was a black bear. It was the first one I'd ever seen in Georgia. Oh, wow. Wow. Yeah, so we saw uh, that bear that was just hanging out in some guy's campsite. We were were kind of on the fence about, like, should we try to scare this thing off? Because he's going to get into trouble. Yeah. But eventually it just made its way, you know, out of the campsite and up the hill. And we kept driving. And then, you know, 10 minutes later, there's another bear up the window. And this time it's a mom with her cubs. Oh, yeah. So we just cleaned up with the mammals is this way like we see it anytime you're out in the woods looking for snakes you have a good chance of seeing all this other really cool wildlife and that's oh, yeah. one of the best parts about it is you never know what you're going to see
0: oh yeah and, and black, some black bears are the kind of bears that you can kind of somewhat scare away or like make yourself well, big, right any or, bear, I would yeah they, i think
2: i think they say the best thing to do if you're attacked by any sort of mammal is to just try to make yourself look bigger and intimidating yeah. because put the pressure exactly up. yeah because
0: Then then again with most animals they're as scared of you as you are of
2: them. Yeah. And that that was definitely the case with the bears we saw. They once they saw that that someone was actually active and around them, they were out of there within like the the one we saw with cubs, we didn't even get a good look at her. We couldn't tell. We only saw one cub. We couldn't tell if she had more or what, but it's probably a good thing she wasn't too close to y'all. Yeah, we we actually she was way like the first bear was in camp and then the second one was kind of up the mountain, way away from everything. So she was in a good spot. You know, speaking of experiences, I
1: do you mind? Go ahead.
2: Okay, I've got a question
1: for you. Uh, I know you deal a lot with venomous snakes and stuff like that. What is the like closest like oh crap moment you've ever had with
2: a animal that could kill you? So that that's a pretty easy one because I've only ever really had one close call with a venomous snake. I tend to be pretty hands off and I don't push my luck. Uh, But one time I was walking around in Alabama with I was wearing, usually I wear sandals and just watch where I step. Mm-hmm. But this time I was walking along a like a rock face. And I was looking up, shining the rock face, looking for salamanders. And I felt a prick. Like I felt like I stepped on it or got stung by a yellow jacket or something. I looked down and I'm standing on a copperhead. Mm. And oh. <laughs> so I I received a dry bite from the copperhead. That- I didn't. Either oh, I, I didn't receive any venom, and that's quite common. Like a lot of times, if you just spook a snake and you get an in- instinctive bite, like a like that, bite. Almost. I want to say it's something like thirty percent of bites are are dry bites. Don't quote me on that, but I yeah. mean it's a it's a surprisingly large amount of bites that happen in the U.S. that, that you don't even receive any venom from oh, yeah. the venomous snake. Um, so, enough to scare the daylight out. Yeah, either. definitely enough to scare you. Just like any time you're walking along and you look down and you realize you're that close to a venomous snake without without Knowing seeing it was it. there yeah, it'll scare anyone even you know people who actively <laughs> do that absolutely yeah. so, and i've had plenty of times where i've you know just kind of stepped over something and like oh that was close so. oh yeah mm-hmm. definitely are there any like what are your like
0: precautions as far as like getting bit by a venomous snake are you taking like anti-venom with you or what are you what are your plans to do as far as if something like that goes down.
2: So if I know I'm going to be in a super remote area, you know, I, I take every precaution imaginable, wear closed toed shoes, be extra careful where you're stepping. Um, but generally if I'm in an area I'm more comfortable in, I know there's not a lot of venomous snakes. I'll, you know, loosen up about stuff like that. Oh, but, yeah. um, I, I've never really had to, you know, <laughs> figure that out yet. So oh, yeah. my, my hopefully you won't. Yeah. And, and obviously and maybe this isn't obvious for some people, but the first thing you should do if you ever get bit by a snake and don't know what it is, is go to the hospital and make sure you have evidence of the snake that bit you so that an identification can be made. So yeah. um, that would be my first thing to do is to make sure I have a photo of the snake so that I can prove. Yeah, hey, I know of, I know what bit me. Yeah. And, yeah, because uh, they
1: have to know what kind like the specific anti venom well, to give you.
2: For mm-hmm. most snake bites in the US, it's all treated the same because a lot of our dangerously almost all of our dangerously venomous snakes have very similar venom. Like but, the
1: hemotoxin of a rattlesnake. Yeah.
2: So for the most part, you're gonna be getting these uh these hemotoxic venoms. Um What's a hemotoxic venom like? It's just, and this, this is not my area of expertise okay. at all, so I don't want to ramble too much about something I'm not confident on, but roughly hemotoxic is the flesh melting, the, okay. the attacks hemorrhaging. Attacks like the blood and mm-hmm. stuff. Oh, okay. And then neurotoxins are what you see in coral snakes and elapids, which we don't have a lot of here in the U.S. We do have, okay. you know, a couple of species of coral snakes, but that venom attacks your your nervous system. Oh, okay. So that's that's the basic idea of it.
0: And as exposed to nature and animals as you are, have you ever rescued or helped a snake or
2: animal or anything like that? So occasionally, when I'm out driving around, I'll see like uh, stuff that's been injured by cars, and mm-hmm. uh, when that happens, um, I try to help them in any way I can. A lot of times, unfortunately, that means euthanizing things. Yeah, um, that are just
3: you that's know better than suffering. Exactly, though. they're He has to over. put a lot of things out of their misery when they're more often run over than, than and... not. You oh, know, yeah,
2: because there's so many so many of these snakes are just run over and midway through their body and that doesn't kill them. instantly. Yeah. so they're just yeah. sitting there with like, you know, suffering essentially. Yeah. So open wounds and curling up and exactly. stuff like that. Like, so I have to do a lot of that and it, it's never fun, but it's, it's better oh, yeah. knowing so, that, that snake's a- sitting there suffering. And, uh, you know, I, I've had, I've had times where I found stuff like hawks that are injured and, it's very illegal to interact with any sort of birds that yeah. aren't game birds. Bird so you yeah. have to, and in situations like that, the best thing you can do is call a uh, game, game warden, warden or a rehabber. And I've done that a couple of times as well. <clears throat> um, and then I have had a few snakes that have been hit by cars that end up pulling through. Um, you know, I'll bring them home and just hold them for a day or two and see if they look like they're going to survive Offer them water and maybe food. Yeah. And then just take them back. If they're, if they're looking like they're going to make it.
0: Okay. Well, that's awesome, man.
2: That's awesome. I love that. All
0: right, and then uh, well, I'm going to ask you a snake question. <laughs> if snakes went to war, which snake do you think would
2: come out on top? So that I guess that kind of depends on where you're at. If you're talking, if you're talking worldwide, or if you're talking world war, yes, the the snake world war would almost certainly be won by the king, king cobra. Cobra, they're. <laughs> they're you know they're 18 foot long venomous snakes they're almost as big as they the biggest non venomous snakes, non-venomous snakes you know
1: i was yeah. actually so surprised like on our previous recording they got a little mashed up when you said yeah. that a king cobra will get to 18 feet long they're, like i knew they were big they're unfathomable <laughs> <but> I, <laughs> they're I was big. like eight. what this <laughs> thing's as monstrous. big as a
3: burmese python they're are you kidding me? and they they're eat big. other snakes yeah, yeah. we about got an
1: anaconda
0: like it'll get is it, will anaconda get bigger or just as big? Well, they're it's heavier
2: too. Yeah, they will get a little bit bigger than that. I'm not exactly sure about you know the max lengths of a,
3: a lot of I these. I think snakes, they have
1: records of an anaconda reaching upwards of 28 feet. Yeah, or
3: yeah. something like feet? that. Anacondas, sure. reticulated pythons—they both get massive. Yeah. But they don't eat other snakes. So. Yeah. yeah. And they're <laughs> not venomous. Yeah. And so. they can't
0: carry yeah. me-
3: weapons or nothing yeah. like that. So they, they can't really kill 10 to- elephants with one bite. You know, <laughs> it sounds like some
1: Rick and Morty crap. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
2: <laughs> the battle of the snakes, yeah. 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 snakes versus elephants.
0: <laughs> so, uh, You said something about like the bite of a king cobra can kill.
3: Uh, I, I've heard there's enough venom in one bite that it's potentially could kill 10 elephants you don't want Dang. to get bit by a king yeah. cobra that's but not wild. only are they and that's big, a lot of venom when you're talking about a head that's this big yeah they're just like the, they
0: have the, the skirts on their neck right well no is that, that
3: oh you mean you're thinking hood? that's about, more in like a the pit vipers they oh, have okay, the big swell okay, swell yeah, yeah. venom glands yeah. on the sides of their I necks so where know. that arrow shaped yeah. head comes cobras from? cobras don't really have that
2: they they look almost like something you could find here. I mean, yeah. they, if you get a big king cobra, they do. You can see the venom glands. Yeah, I mean, they're, they're just big, not as pronounced, but it's not like quite a, as dramatic like as a, like a gaboon viper Exactly. Would be. Yeah.
3: That's but that's a scary looking snake. It is yeah. king cobras the are the full package guys.
2: though because they're so big and they're so intelligent. I mean, they're more.
3: They're just they're the full package, and they're not constrictors. You know, they use jaw pressure and that venom to kill, Mm -hmm. so they just bite and start eating. (laughs) They just kind of, you know, they don't even. They don't
0: eat whole.
3: Oh, yeah, they just eat it whole. They bite, and then they start chewing chewing and swallowing it down. There's no waiting involved, like, waiting for it to stop breathing. They just go. Oh, yeah. And start eating. Oh, look at that. Yeah.
0: (laughs) All right, as we're getting to our closing, we're going to ask you a few more questions. Through reading your comments, we've seen how you positively impacted your viewers and how does it feel that you affected
2: people's lives to make their day better just by doing what you love. It's awesome. It's, you know, it's, it's not it's something that I think everyone dreams of being able oh, yeah. to do what they love and make a positive impact at oh, yeah. the same time. So and do that as a full time job. <laughs> exactly. Just <while> I... <laughs> did you I, ever expect it would get to that point when you first started? I'm. It's hard to say. Like I, I've always kind of been, you know, set on my own path of trying to figure out how I can do exactly what I want to do for a living. Oh yeah. And uh, you know, I've been through. A million different cycles of trying different things that didn't work and things that I didn't really enjoy, mm-hmm. um, and yeah, it just it it got to the point where I was like, "All right, well, let's let's try this YouTube thing again," and it worked, and it's continue. Hopefully, it'll continue to work. It's oh, yeah, it's the dream. So and that's the thing. Like with taking the step to do it, you be more than half of the people in the world by actually taking the step exactly and doing well, something that was like the that. hardest part by yeah. far was actually because i told you I, I started my channel in 2011 yep. and didn't really do anything with it until 2019 so oh, yeah starting is the hardest part for sure oh yeah and just keeping up with it and if you do have a passion for it
0: one day you'll eventually find a way to make money out of it and be successful in what exactly. you like to do
2: so and I, I heard that all the time growing up, from, but you from never people, quite but, believe it until exactly. it actually happens. You don't believe it, and but it, then I, you look back where you like you said where you began,
1: and you're like, wow, I can't believe I've come so far.
2: Exactly, yeah. it's it's hard to believe for sure.
0: Oh yeah, and every day nowadays, people are always wanting that um, instant gratification. They don't really know how to put hard work into something and
2: see the outer outcomes of stuff like that and it 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 was very much so not an instant gratification thing with youtube because i i spent a whole year closer to two years working a full-time job and doing youtube um to get to where i could actually you know do this as as my occupation and that was looking back that's always going to be the hard. hopefully that'll be the hardest i've ever had to work in my life and hopefully it stays like that but I, i look back at that time as as like you know, it I'm was all worth it. it, right? Yeah, yeah. It was completely worth it. it. It was entirely worth it. It was worth all the struggling, all of the hard work, all the sleepless nights. So if you're working hard at something, it pays off.
0: Definitely. Definitely. And, um, you've gotten people interested in herping. So for the newbies out there, is there any advice you would give people that want to go start doing that?
2: So the, I I think the biggest advice I could give anyone is to just make sure you're doing it for the right reasons. And, uh, make sure you're being responsible about it because there it is potentially very dangerous. There's potential real life consequences to your actions interacting with these animals. Um, Not only for you, but for the animals, you have to take into account that some snakes, if you go and mess with them over and over again, it's going to actually mess with their behavior. Mm. And uh, that is the biggest thing. I don't want people to come into this hobby and do the opposite of what we want to happen oh yeah don't you
1: know? run around in the woods like steve Irwin. <laughs> yeah,
3: yeah and and learn about what you're pursuing too i mean noah probably spent <clears throat> you know no telling how many years and years doing nothing but book work and computer work and seeing all this stuff and learning all this stuff about all these snakes way before he got out it's like especially on his own
2: i didn't get my driver's license you know? until i was 18 yeah and I didn't have a car until I was a junior in, or a sophomore in college. So, I mean, this is just even doing this completely on my own is a relatively new thing for yeah. me even. So it, it it's interesting to say the least. Absolutely. There's so much, even still, that's new to me.
3: So there's a lot of learning before you actually get out in the field and start so doing, step you step number know,
2: one, just educate yourself. Yeah. yeah. There's so yeah. many resources out there. Um I mean if I was going to to give anyone a resource, I would say just go watch herping videos on YouTube and go
1: watch NFK herping. <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, not even just mine. Check out, you know, there's plenty of great YouTubers out there who yeah, make absolutely. content and that probably deserve to be bigger than I am and aren't because yeah. there's just not as much attention for their videos for whatever reason. And um another thing that I think it's very good for for young young people who are interested in snakes is to read these old forum posts that that I grew up reading. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it, it builds your ethics and your worldview, and uh, you know you go into this with an understanding of what other people are doing and what's acceptable, so that you don't go out there and make big mistakes. Absolutely, first, which lots of people have done and continue to do every year. There's people out there who get put on blast for stuff that, you know, I knew was and not acceptable from the start because I'm reading these posts from old school people, you know, oh, people yeah. that are the more OG. experienced. Yeah. Field yeah, there's there's a lot of
3: great books on it too. Oh, yeah. I mean, oh, like absolutely. old school books called Caulfield and snakes and snake hunting. And like, yeah. there's some great books to, to get you started and put the fever in yeah. you. you <laughs> put the fever in you. Yeah. yeah. Light the fire. Yeah. I won't
1: lie. I told Zach after our last recording, um, man just talking to y'all reignited that old passion that i had for reptiles and amphibians then he got another lizard and then i yeah (laughs) then i I got the i haven't named him yet but you know be on the lookout for that yeah Yeah.
0: and dave not not just to talk about no right now you're one of the og herpers Are is there any other cool stories that you can add on real quick of any experiences you might have had
3: Nothing that I'd want to talk about in public, I think. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. I've got some really great stories off mic. <laughs> yeah,
2: I got that. I got that. Well, I hear you. It's definitely a an off mic, a lot of off mic type, <laughs> type things. Well, <laughs> we'll have to sit down
3: and trade some stories yeah, sometime. I've got, I've got some good old school stories. <laughs> yeah, that's
0: good. That's good. Well, on that note, I think we're going to cut it here. And man, we really appreciate y'all, especially coming out a second time. Y'all didn't have to do that in Y'all came through and y'all are some really great guys. And for people listening, y'all go check out NKF Herping. He's on YouTube. He's a great guy. He makes great videos. And y'all are definitely love it. Yeah. NKF Herping on all,
2: all my social media. Oh,
0: same tag yeah.
1: for everything. Yep. Yeah, everybody. Thank you so much for tuning in. Um thank you, Noah. Thank you, Dave. Oh, it was um, a great Zach. Time. Is there anything else we need to talk? Oh yeah, everybody, yeah. go check out our uh, in the van social media. In the van is our handle for just about everything yeah. we can in think of. In the van podcast. Um, little news: we do have a Patreon account set up, y'all. So whoop whoop. if you <laughs> if you feel like donating, yeah. by no means don't feel like y'all have
3: to. Got We're going to get pretty cool merch too. Oh yeah, oh, yeah. we I do got some merch that, out.
1: Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah,
0: and uh, also if you do like listening to us, please remember to like, share it leave a review that will help us out with our algorithms to get us out there and reach more people. And again, we appreciate y'all and have a good one, everybody. Peace out for me.
1: All right. Take it easy, everybody.
3: Thank you.